Did the Hebrew Ksav always look the way it does today? Would you be able to read the first Sefer Torah ever written? And was the first art scroll really produced 2,000 years ago? I'm Avi Kohen. I'm Ati Kohen. And this is Jewish Thought Flow. Hi, and welcome to a brand new edition of Jewish Thought Flow. This is your host, Avi Kohen. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Ksav of Lashon HaKadosh. Now, everyone is familiar with the shape of the Aleph base that we have today. Now, this shape or these form of these letters are called Ksav Ashuri, which is a specific way of writing the Aleph, the Bays, the Gimel. They have a certain block-like letter structure, which means you can sort of fit them all within a square. Um, and th- there's parts of the letters that would touch all the angles of that square. Uh, and it's very familiar, easy read that we have today. And... Any safer that was written in the past a thousand years obviously would always use Ksav Ashuri. However, what you may not know was that there was another Ksav in use during our history, which was called Ksav Ivri. Now, Ksav Ivri, as opposed to the beautiful Ksav Ashuri, was a much more uh, line-based writing, whereas a lot of, it looks kind of scribbly. Although there are some letters which are maybe slightly similar to the Xavashuri. In general, it's not really legible. Now, funny story, one of my, my teachers in, in yeshiva that I was in, uh, he was uh, like an academic, and he was saying how like when he first saw Xavashuri, he was able to read it like perfectly just based on his understanding of Xavashuri. Um, and he pulled up a picture of, of an ancient uh, text with Xavashuri, and he's like, look how easy it is to read. And he, he starts like squinting at it. And he looks at he's trying, he's like mumbling for like 20 seconds trying to figure out and then he realizes the picture sideways, he turns it once, he turns it again, and then finally just reads some like random sentence, which nobody could tell. But if you look at it yourself, you're not going to be able to really, maybe one or two of the letters you'll be able to find similar. Now, many of the findings of different coins, different inscriptions do have this Xavivri, and it is pretty clear that the Jews were using this, uh, at least in terms of their everyday writing, they were using this Xavivri. Now, it wasn't just like the Hebrew or the Jewish language, the Xavivri, this Xav was really the first writing that developed in history, the first writing that wasn't, uh, let's say, picture or specific word based. Now, what I mean by that is if you look at, what's it called? The Egyptian hieroglyphics. If you look at hieroglyphics, um, each picture represents either an idea or a certain word, as opposed to the letters and languages that we're familiar with nowadays, where different letters represent sounds, and those sounds create words, and those words represent the, well, obviously the words are the idea. So this is very different, and this allows for a much smaller alphabet system. While we have, let's say, 26 or 22 letters in these alphabets, the hieroglyphics obviously had thousands of images which were representing different words. Now, what this allows people to do is it allows the everyday man to learn languages much simpler. While with hieroglyphics, you just had like the top scribes who were able to spend their time memorizing thousands of different words. Here, you just have to memorize 22 sounds and use them to create words. So again, this Xavivri that the Jews were using was the language that was in use throughout uh, that area. That The writing is also called Phoenician writing or Proto-Paleo-Hebrew, in case anybody wanted to Google it and wanted to know it's, it's a scientific term. Now, an interesting tidbit about all of this is that, as we just established, this alphabet was the first alphabet that was meant to express sounds. So what's the value of an alphabet that's meant to express sounds is as follows. You can do what's called transliteration. So have you ever seen in, in some English sidurum or sidurum with English translation, they'll have what's called transliteration, which means there's a way where you can read the Hebrew, but you're reading it out of English letters. It's just the English letters are making the sounds as if you're reading the Hebrew words, right? So, so too with this new 
uh, Ksav Ivory, you can actually allow sounds to be expressed on paper, and therefore anybody can learn how to pronounce everybody else's words. Now, why was this cool? Because this language historically was developed right around the time or right after the time of Migdal Bavel. As we know, Migdal Bavel was the first time that late nations developed completely separate languages and couldn't speak to each other anymore. Perhaps that's the reason why all of a sudden we needed a language that could universal have universal sound expressions, uh, and that would allow the different nations to, again, communicate with each other. So now that we've established that there's this Ksav Ivri that many Jews were using, this was actually in use all the way into the, the period of the Mishnah. The Tanaim were using this language in their everyday writing. But now the question is, what about the Sifrei Torah? Obviously, the Sifrei Torah would have been written in Ksav Ashuri because, you know, same way Jews nowadays write in English, but obviously our Sifrei Kaidesh and our Sifrei Torah are all going to be written in Ksav Ashuri. So presumably... While Xavivri might may have been the in vogue writing fashion uh, for your everyday use, the Sifrei Torah Lachara were written in Xavashuri. I'll give you a better example. I don't know anybody today who handwrites Xavashuri. Uh, we all write some sort of script version of Xavashuri, which doesn't look exactly like Xavashuri or like Xavashuri at all. Uh, it's not the type of letters you'd find in a Sefer Torah or even in printed Sfarim. When you're writing, you write a script version of a Shuri, uh, and if somebody found my loose-leaf papers, um, they would think, you know, oh, he must have had a different type of Hebrew letter. Well, it's not true. It's just for private use, we use a different form of letter than for our Sefer Torah, which has, you know, specific lachis on the shape of the letters. And if you look at the Kisve Yadis, the handwritten, uh, even Chedushe Torah of, let's say, the Rishonim, Oftentimes, it's it's almost illegible, the type of script that they're writing with. And that could be because they had bad handwriting, but it's also true that the, even the script has developed over time. So this co- may come as a shock to many of you, but this is actually subject to a machlaikis in the Gemara, whether the Tyra, the original Tyra, the Tyra given by Maisha at Harsinai, and the Luchais given, were they in Ksav Ivri or Ksav Ashuri? Were they in the letters that we recognize today, or were they in this Ksav Ivri, that, that, those letters that were in use at that time? This is a Gemara in Sanhedrin on Chaf Aleph Amid Beis, toward the bottom. And Marzutra and Marukva, to Amraim, say that originally the Tyra was actually given in Ivri and Lashon HaKadosh. And then Ezra, in around 500 BCE, when he came back to Eretz Yisrael and found the Jews in a terrible state, he changed the Ksav and he said, I'm going to write it now in Ashuri. I'm going to write it in the letters that we recognize today. And that was when the Tyras began to be written in Ashuri. Which he- would mean that for about a thousand years, the Tyras were written in Ksav Ivri, which would mean you would not be able to read the Tyra given from Hashem to Maisha, or any of the Sifrei Torah that they used from Maisha's time all the way till Ezra's time, because none of us can read Ksav Ivri. Now, interestingly, the Samaritans, which are the the Kusim, which are mentioned in that Gemara, still use Ksav Ivri to this day to write the Sifrei Torah. The famous Dead Sea Scrolls uh, that were found, you know, two thousand year old Sifrei Torah that were found were also written in Ksav Ivri, as they were they belonged to a Kusi type spinoff from the Jewish faith. Now, besides for changing the Ksav from Ivri to Ashuri, Ezra also changed the language of the Torah from Lashon HaKadosh to Aramis to Armenian. Now, the Jews decided for themselves, we want Ksav Ashuri and we want Lashon HaKadosh. So, according to this position, the first position in the Gemara and Sanhedrin, the Torah was originally given in Ksav Ivri, the Lashon HaKadosh. Then Ezra changed it to Ksav Ashuri, transliterating the Armenian language. So, if in Armenian, the way to say 
in the beginning was Kualala, it would be uh, Kuf Lamed Aleph Lamed Aleph in Xavashuri. Well, I don't think that was transliterated. I think that was the actual language. Armenian had Xavashuri at that point. Oh, Xavashuri and Xavavri are the same language, right? It's just it's just different letters for the language. You're right. right. Um, and then the Jews chose for themselves Ksav Ashuri and Lashon Kedesh, which is obviously what we have today. Now, obviously, this may sound a little strange to some people. How could Ezra have changed the Ksav? Which is why the Gemara brings Rabbi Yaisi, who is a Tana, who gives some sources to the idea that Ezra could have changed the Ksav. And he starts out by saying that Ezra was really fit to have the Torah to have been given through him. And it brings a few psukim into Neil and by Maisha Rabbeinu, which use a similar Lashon. For example, Maisha Al-Lahar, that Maisha went up to the mountain to receive the Torah, and Ezra Allah, Eretz Yisrael, that Ezra went up to Eretz Yisrael, and a couple others in that way. And then specifically in terms of changing the Ksav, he brings a couple of different sources uh, that hint to this fact that Ezra was able to change the Ksav. The first one was the Kasav Hanishtavan Kasav Aramis Umaturgam Aramis, that the letter that was written um, was written in Aramis and and in the language and translated in Aramis in, in Armenian. So it had the Armenian Ksav and the Armenian language. And the word Hanishtavan, which literally means letter, is very similar to the word uh, Shinoi or change, that it was changed to Ksav Aramis and uh, translated to Aramis, which is a source that Ezra changed the Ksav from what we originally had it to this Armenian or the Ksav Ashuris and the language of Aramis. Another source Rabbi Yassi brings down is the story in Daniel of Belshazzar seeing the writing on the wall when the Malach wrote on the wall prophesizing his death and he was not able to read it. So Rabbi explains the reason he wasn't able to read it was because it was written in Ksav Ashuris, a Ksav that was not around because originally all they had was Ksav Ivri. Um, Daniel was able to read it through Rechakadosh, and this was the introduction of Ksavashuri to the Jewish peoples. This is another source that Ksavashuri was introduced in the time of Ezra. Now, one last source he brings down is Vakasav is a Mishnah Taira Zeis, that you should write this, uh, this Mishnah Taira. And he says, this, Mishnah is again the Lashon of Shinai, that he's going to be writing a change, which the Taira is telling us that at a certain point the Ksav of the Taira will change. Um, and he explains the reason this Ksav is called Ksav Ashuri is because Ezra brought it up with him, or the Jews brought it up from Ashur. They brought it up from Ashur, and that's why it's called Ksav Ashuri. So that was all Rabiesi Shita as brought by Marzutra and Mar Ukva. Now, Rebbe held a little bit differently. So again, Rabiesi held that it started out in Ksav Ivri, and then eventually turned to Ksav Ashuri at the time of Ezra. Rebbe held no. Originally, it was written in Ksavashuri, meaning the Ksav we have today was the Ksav the Torah is written in. However, because of their Averis, they lost it and forgot that Ksav, and Ezra merely restored the Ksavashuri. So according to Rebbe, it went Ksavashuri, they lost it, and eventually ended up having to write their Sifra Torah in the language that everybody else was writing in, Ksav Ivri, sorry, the script that everybody else was writing in, Ksav Ivri. And then when Ezra came... Just like he helped, uh, you know, resuscitate the religion of the people, he also helped resuscitate the language, and he returned it to its Ksav Ashuri form. Now, why it was called Ashuri, if it has no connection to the land of Ashur, if it has no connection to the Assyrian language? The reason why it's called Ksav Ashuri is it's the Mu'ushar Sheva Ksav. It's the most beautiful Ksav. Now, if you look at the ancient scripts and then compare it to uh, Ksav Ashuri, compared to our script, our, our script we write to Tarian, our script is a much, you can easily see why it's a much more beautiful form of script. Everything else is chicken scratch compared to the nice block letters of Ksav Ashuri. Now the third Shita, 
Rebbe Lazar Hamadai, brought down in the Gemara, says that no, the Ksav never changed. It was always Ksav Ashuri. The Torah was given in Ksav Ashuri. The Jews always used Ksav Ashuri for their Torahs. And Ezra didn't introduce anything. It just stayed Ksav Ashuri throughout. So again, the Gemara has a three-way machlaikis. Was the Torah given in Ivri, and then Ezra changed to Ashuri? Was the Torah given in Ashuri, then the Jews forgot it, started using Ivri, and then Ezra returned it to Ashuri? Or, like the third sheet to Rebbe Lazar Hamadai, that the Torah was given in Ashuri, stayed Ashuri, was always Ashuri. Now, you might be thinking, we mentioned that a lot of the writings that they found from the time period were Ksav Ivri. You have to understand that there's no relationship to the Machlaikas there. The argument here is what was the original Sifri Torah written in? The fact that people use Ksav Ivri is indisputable. The fact that, uh, you know, Yisrael in, in, uh, in the land of Beit Shan used Ksav uh, Ivri, that's not a question. The question is, where, how did they write their Sefer Torah? It's way easier to write Ksav Ivri than it is to write Ksav Ashuri, just like it's way easier to write our uh, script form of Ksav Ashuri than it is to write the Ksav Ashuri they have to put in Tefillin Mizzahs and Sefer Torah. It has no bearing on this Machalikas. Nobody's arguing if Ksav Ivri was ever used by Jews. They're arguing if it was used in Sifrei Tyra. Now, if you look at the Gemara there, there are different ways they deal with each other proof. So, for example, um, why couldn't they read the text on the wall of Balshatzer if you hold that we always had Ksav Ashuri? Well, you would say it wasn't written in Ksav Ashuri, it was written in code. Uh, Which is the- what the Gemara says and brings down different uh, Amarayim who explain what the code was. Was it written all backwards? Was it written in three by three uh, forms where the words aren't actually forming words? Was it written in some sort of gematria or atbash? Um, well, was it written all... in that captcha proving not a robot script? <laughs> Could have been anything. Now, who do we poskin like? It's a three of uh, Which one is correct? Now, some who of do, you. Who do we poskin like? This is an Ashkafic issue, Mati. We don't poskin in Ashkafa. Well, anybody in that camp is going to be sorely disappointed and perhaps shocked because not only do the Ahreinim pask in a certain type of Ashkafa, the Psak in this Ashkafa starts in the Gainim. Now, not only do they pask in, but they pask in using very, very similar rules to Psak and Alacha. Even though this is a completely Ashkafic area, there is no Nafkamina because everybody has to write their Sefer Torah today in Ksavashuri. It's merely a question of what was written during the time, uh, what was the history of the Ksav of the Jewish people, and yet we're employing Psak. And, and for any of you who might have that, that last uh, semblance of hope that maybe, well, the Rambam and his, uh, you know, his, the rational Rambam, who has made up shitas all over the place, maybe he agrees with us and holds there's no Psak, he's going to be one of the Rishainim who posk in this Gemara. But let's start with the Chuvasagainim. This was quoted in the name of Rav Hai and Rav Shiragain. And they say that we hold like the third Shita, like Rebbe Lazar Hamidai, that the Ksav was never switched, we always had Ksav Ashuri, and we never even lost it. Now, how do they know this? Because he was the Rebbe of the other Tanaim. He was the Rebbe of Rebbe, and he was the Rebbe of Rebbe who were the other two Shitas in the Gemara. Now, perhaps even a stronger proof than the internal mechanisms of Psak, he has other Gemaras, which he mentions, which also prove that we poskin that the the Luchais and the Tyra, the original Tyra, was given in Ashuri and not Ivri. So how does he prove this? Well, there's a Gemara, which is on in Shabbos, Kofdal, and Bez, and it's also in the Gemara in Megillah on Bez, and Bez, which says that the Mem and Samach in the Luchais were, the, the Mem Sophis and Samach in the Luchais, were hanging through miraculous means. Why was it a nace that they were hanging? Because we know that the letters in the Luchais were carved all the way through the Luchais, and these two letters, which form complete circles, 
would leave the inside of them without anything to hang on. They'd just be floating islands, which is exactly what they were. They were floating stone islands within the circle of the Samach or the square of the Memsophis. Now, the Ksav Ivory version of the Mem and the Samach are, don't have floating circles. They're connected, meaning they're not fully enclosed by the letter. So, if they were in the Luchais, there wouldn't be a nace that they would be floating because there would be no floating part. There would always be a part that connects to the rest of the stone of the Luchais. This implies if the Luchais, the Mem and the Samach Benes Hayyimdim, that means the Luchais were written in Ksavashuri. If the Luchais were written in Ksavashuri, that is completely connected, Shitas Rabiasi, who holds that the Torah was given in Ksav Ivri. If that were true, you can't say Mem and Samach. Now, because that Gemara was brought in a separate area as an unquestioned uh, idea that nobody disagrees with, we can assume it's because the Gemara had already poskined like Shitas Rebbe Lazar Hamidai and not like Rebbe Now, it would work like Rebbe also, who holds that we forgot it at a certain point, but it certainly would not work like Rabiesi. Now, Rabbeinu Hananel says basically the same thing as Jews He says it seems we poskin like this third shita, like Rabbi Lazar Amadai, because he's the Rebbe. But he also adds that it's also possible we can poskin like Rebbe, because Rebbe also holds that the terror was given in Ashuri, as Avi just mentioned, but it was forgotten. So we have really two shitas that hold the terror was given in Ashuri, only one that it was given in Ivri. We have this external Gemara, this other Gemara, which mentions the Mem and Samachang and Benes, which implies either like Rebbe or like Rebbe Lazar Hamidai, which both hold that the Tyre was given in Ashuri. So this seems to be the Gemara, again, passing like one of these two shitas. The Ran also says it's a Lacha Psuka that we passing like Rebbe uh, Lazar Hamidai, Neged Rebbeisi. Uh, the Rambam in Parish Mishnayis and Yadis writes, the Tyre was given in Ksavashuri. It was called for its beauty. So again, not like shitas Rebbeisi. So we see clearly that based on the Gonim, the Rishonim, the Psak in that Gemara is like the Shita that held that the Torah was given in Ashuri. Now we're going to move on to a group of Rishinim who held that in that factor, that the Torah, the Luchais, were given in Ashuri, there actually is no Machlaiks in Gemara. Now it seems weird, the Gemara seemed to clearly say that according to the first Shita, according to Rabbi Yaisi, the Torah was given in Ivri. Now the Ritzvah starts out with a question. The Torah says, Eila HaMitzvahs, these are the mitzvahs. And the Gemara learns out from there that Nevi'im are not allowed to be machadish anything in Torah. They're not allowed to create anything new. So the question is, how can Ezra have remade or established a new Ksav for the Jews? Isn't Doesn't that go against the Eila HaMitzvahs that you're not allowed to create something new in the Torah? And the Ritzvah brings down a couple of answers um, from Tysus. One is that he used a Pasuk of Mishnah Torah. As we mentioned before, the Pasuk Mishnah Torah was what Rebbe had, Rebbe Yaisi had used to establish this new thing. So it's not new, it's in the it's in the Torah. The Torah is hinting to the fact that it could change. Um, some people say Nuksav is not considered a Chiddush. It's just a Nuksav. It's it's changing one letter for another. Instead of writing an Aleph like this, I wrote it like that. That's that's nothing new. But the Ritter wants to develop his own answer, and he starts out by saying that the as we mentioned, the Mem and Samach in the Luchas were hanging as a nace, and that is not stated as if it's some sort of machlaikis. We saw the earlier Rishinim wanted to use that as a proof that the Gemara is poskining like one shita in that machlaikis. But the Ritva says, I don't think the Gemara is poskining like one side of the machlaikis. I think the Gemara is saying that it doesn't matter who you hold like in that machlaikis, the Luchas were definitely given in Ashuri. Another question he asks is, how can you say that the Torah was not given Ashuri and we got the Ashuri Ksav from the non-Jews, from the Assyrians, from the 
from the land of Usher. There are so many things connected to each kites, to each each uh the the shape of the letter to to the, the crown of the letter, letter to every yeah. part of the letter how could it be that the non-jews uh had that ksav and we we kind of stole it from them and then use it to darshan psukim so he says based on this there's no suffolk at all the luchais were given ashuri doesn't matter who you hold like according to rabbi Yaisi, according to rabbi obviously and according to uh rabbi Madai, obviously the tar was given in, in ashuri even according to the first sheet even according to rabbi Yaisi. in terms of the luchais the Luchas, but because the Ksav Ashuri was such a holy Ksav, such a, such a Ksav Kaddish, the people wouldn't write, they decided upon themselves, we're not going to write anything, even Sifra Terror, we're not going to use this Ksav to write, and the Jews from Harsinai and on did not write their own Sifra Taira in Ksav Ashuri, they used uh, Ksav Ivri, but they still maintained some knowledge of, of Ksav Ashuri, because the Luchas, which were in the Arn, were written in Ksav Ashuri, but in the times of Yeshio, when the Arn and the Luchas were lost, they completely forgot it. Well, were hidden. Well, sorry, exactly. We're hidden. Um, they forgot it, and that's why Ezra had to come in and reestablish it. Now, based on this, obviously, we can go back and answer how it is that Ezra could be machadish a nuksav. According to the Ritva, it wasn't nuksav because all three sheetas hold that the Torah was actually given in Ashuri. Now, um, the Ram al Shakar also asks a very similar question on Ribesi. He says, if the Ksav Ashuri came from the Assyrians at a certain point in our history, how is there any significance to the Ashuri letters? Again, anybody familiar with any level of Kabbalah knows that a lot of Kabbalah is based on the shape of the letters. There are Jerushim that are based on the shape of the letters. So he says the follows. First of all, even according to the simple understanding of Ribesi, you don't have to say that Ezra got it from the Assyrians. All it says is that Ezra gave the Torah in Ksav Ashuri. Perhaps Ezra was the one who, through Ruch gave over this Nuksav that had no connection to the Assyrians. Rebasi never said that Ezra borrowed it from the Assyrians. Second, most opinions disagree with Rebasi anyways. So when it comes to Tyra, we poskin like the Rove. Since the Rove is that we don't poskin like Rebasi, therefore, we can say there's significance to the Shuri letters because we actually hold Hashem was the one who gave the Shuri letters to Meshermenu. And third, even Ribiesi most probably held the Torah itself was given in Ashuri, and he brings a very nice raya. Rav Chizda, who comments on Ribiesi, is the same one who said that the Mem and Samach and Luches were hanging by a nace. Now, if Rav Chizda, who holds like Ribiesi, ostensibly, says that the Mem and the Samach and Luches were hanging by a nace, shows you that Ribiesi might agree that the Mem and the Samach and Luches were the Ksav Ashuri, because the Luchais were written in Ksav Ashuri, like the Shittas of the Ritva. He then concludes, anyways, there's nothing to talk about, because we don't paskin like Rebiesi. So already we're seeing there's two streams of the Rishinim. Um, the But in Lamaskana, they're going to be agreeing. The first one is that we don't paskin like Rebiesi. We don't hold that the Torah was given every holder is given Ashuri. The second stream, the Ritva, and the, now the Maram al hold, that even Rebiesi agrees the Luchais themselves were given in Ashuri. Now again, what is uh, preempting, sorry, what is uh, prompting the Ritva and the Maram al to say this is they're, they're, uh, they are very bothered to say that the Ksav Ashuri, this holy Ksav, was uh, originated from either the non-Jews or even originated from Ezra later on, it's much more clean to say that the Torah was given in Ashuri. And they do bring rise from the Gemara to this effect. Now, another 
uh, position who agrees with the Ritva and the Ramal Shakar is the Hakaisiv, who is from the, the Enyakov. The Enyakov wrote a, a parish on his sefer called Hakaisiv, and he says that even according to Rabbi the Tyra was given a shuri, and he gives very similar rias to the Ritva. So, for example, he brings down the raya that a navi can't be mechadish anything. So, how could Ezra have been mechadish in Uksav? So he says, must be the luchas were given a shuri, so it wasn't a real chiddush. He also brings a, the proof that we brought from the mem and samach hanging at, from by a nace, which is brought in the name of Rav Chizda, and Rav Chizda seems to hold like Rabbi So, again, if Rav Chizda holds like Rabbi Yaisi, holds that Tyra was quote unquote given in Ivri, yet holds that the Luchais were clearly in Ashuri, it must be that Rabbi doesn't actually hold the Tyra was given in Ashuri, must be the Tyras that were written at that time uh, were in Ivory, but the actual Luchais were in Ashuri. Now, based on this, he asked uh, seemingly a, a pretty obvious question on the Gemara. The Gemara says that according to Rabbi holds that the Tyra was given in Ivory, the reason it was called Ashuri was because it was brought in from Ashur. Now, if the Tyra was actually given in Ashuri, so then the reason it's called Ashuri is because... I don't know, maybe because it's the Mosher Shavik it's an Isis, but it's not because it came from Asher, because it didn't. It came from the Luchais. Well, I, before we get into Kaisa's answer, I, I think also simply, on a simple level, which is why the Ritva maybe didn't address it, and the Ramal Shaka didn't address it, is that they brought it up from Asher, meaning the place that they got introduced to it was in Asher. Uh, it may not have originated in Assyrian script, but when they got it was Asher, so we call it Ksavashuri, because Allahimam may Asher, they brought it up with them when they left Asher. Right, which is not, not so dissimilar to what the Archive actually says, which is that after Belshazzar sees this writing on the wall and Daniel read it for him, and then he passes away, the other kings were like, hey, we need to know about this writing. First of all, it's a beautiful writing. Also, it seems pretty important if angels are writing in it. I want to know this language. And Daniel and Ezra taught it to the kings who taught it to uh, their kingdom, and their kingdom happened to be in Elam, which was very close to Usher, and the kingdom was called Malchus Usher. Um, this was also taught to the Jews at the same time, but you see that the Jews and the Assyrians were learning this new Ksav at the same time. Now, fascinatingly, the Ksav, if you look at the development of the Assyrian script, of the Phoenician script, and you can find images for this online, um, you'll see that exactly when Ezra came uh, to Eretisrael, which was in 450 to 500, or 500 to 450 BCE, is when this uh, Ksav Ivri, this Phoenician script, suddenly takes a drastic shift into something that we'd all recognize as Ksav Ashuri. Now, the non-Jewish academics will say, yeah, well, this was a natural transition of the Phoenician script. It's not a real new script. Uh, but it seems pretty clear, based on our tradition, and also just based on, on your eyes, I asked a few different friends, not telling them the context, like, at which point do you think this most resembles Ksav Ashuri or becomes recognizable? And they all said it's at that exact point that Ezra came in. Now, interestingly enough, this historical reality... Uh, works with every single shita because if you hold Bnei Israel always had Ksav Ashuri, it makes sense that the first time Bavel or the Assyrians would become aware of Ksav Ashuri would be when Ezra, who was the cipher, Ezra cipher, showed up. If you hold that, that's when Ezra switched it. Of course, it makes sense when Ezra switched it. Um, that's when Usher also got it. And even if you hold that they forgot it and Ezra. Um, brought it back, again, it makes sense. When Ezra was bringing it back, everybody learned it. So, according to Eddie Shita, that timeline makes perfect sense. Now, he brings a further proof to this from the Gemara, which is actually very interesting. The Gemara says, why was it called Ksav Ashuri? Now, 
it wouldn't ask why is it called Ksavarami? Why you know why was the the Armenian Ksav called Ksavarami? Well, obviously because it's Armenian Ksav. So why is it called? Why is it asking the question? Why is it called Ksavashuri? Obviously, the Gemara has a very basic assumption that the Assyrians did not develop this Ksav. Otherwise, the answer to the question why is it called Ksavashuri is because that's what the Assyrians used. So he's saying. It was called Ksavashuri because it was brought up from Usher, not because Assyrians developed it, but it was brought up from Usher when Daniel introduced it to the Assyrians. Now, the Maral in Tversrol brings a very similar shita, but he adds one more point. So again, he says, according to everybody, the Luchais were obviously in Ksavashuri, even according to Rabiesi, and he says the whole Machlaikis is uh, whether or not Bnei Israel in their private Sifrei Taira used Ksav Ivri or Ksav Ashuri. Uh, and he brings a, and he brings obviously the Rai of the Mem and the Samach, and he brings another interesting Rai. It's a Gemara Menachis in Chavtesamad Beis. So it says, Misha went up and he saw Shem making crowns, crowns for the letters. And he asked, What's holding you up? Rashi explains, Why don't you give the Torah without adding the crowns? What's so important about the crowns? Now, as we all know, or as you'll find out right now, Ksav Ashuri is the only Ksav that, have, that has crowns. Ivri doesn't have those crowns. This implies that when Hashem was making the Tyre, right in Tyre, he wrote it in Ashuri. The original Tyre was obviously in Ashuri. That is according to everybody, um, because the everyone doesn't have crowns. This is another Raya that even Rebbeisi would agree the Etzim Tyre, as given in the Luchais, was in Ksav Ashuri. And the only question is, which Ksav did Bnei Yisrael write their Sefer Tyre? Perhaps, according to all these Shittas, you could even say the Sefer Tyre that Maishar wrote was also Ashuri, and only the ones that were written after that were Ksav Ivri, but it doesn't say that explicitly. So, so far, we've brought down numerous Rishayinim hold that we paskin like Rebbe or Lazar Amadai against Rebbe Yaisi that the Torah was given in Ashuri and not in Ivri. Then we brought down Rishad and we hold that even according to Rabbi Yaisi, the Torah was given in Ashuri. And although it seems at first glance that even the Rishad and hold that we paskin like uh, Rebbe and Rebbe Lazar Amadai, that the Torah was given in Ashuri, might agree that Rabbi Yaisi held that the Torah was also given in Ashuri. And the only thing we paskin like the other Shittas is that the Jews weren't writing their own Sefer Torah in Ivri. Um, we can actually see that they really don't hold that way. And this is explicitly in a few of the Rishinim and implicitly in a few others. So let's start with a chuva from the Radvaz. And the Radvaz has asked a question about what the Torah was written in. And he says, he asks a question on the Ritva. He says, how can the Ritva, and this is really all the these Shittas that we just brought down, how can they hold that Rabbi really held that the Luchas were given in Ashuri? Now, what's the problem with this? The problem is there's Yerushalmi, which we haven't mentioned yet, but Yerushalmi, it's in Megillah, and it mentions this nace of the Mem Vesamach Shabaluchais. And it says that the Mem and Samach in the Luchais were hanging as a nace, but that's only if you hold the Torah was given in Ashuri. But according to the Shita, which would be Rav Yaisi, that the Torah was given in Ivri, then what was hanging? It was an ayin, because an ayin in Ivri is like a triangle shape, um, and that would obviously require the same nays. So it seems from Yushalmi very clearly that if you held the Torah was given in Ivri, then the nace of either the member of the Mem and Samach is actually a nace of an ayin, which means that according to Rabbi the sheet of the hell the Torah was given in Ivri, it's not just the Jews who were writing their Sefer Torah in Ivri, it's the actual Luchais, because the actual Luchais would have had a miraculously hanging ayin. So you see from Yushalmi clearly that there is the machlaikis of what it was written in is Tali in this machlaikis of the nace. So the Radvaz gives a very interesting answer. He says, the first Luchais were given in Ashuri, and this is why the Pasa calls them Michtav Elikim, that they were the writing of Hashem, because they were written in Ashuri. But the second Luchais, where Hashem said to Maisha Psalachaj, you know, carve out for yourself, those were in Ivri, which is why the Ayan 
according to the Shita that it was written in Ivri, right? So the second Luchais would have been in Ivri, and that's why the Ayan was actually Benes. And then Maisha, who had seen the first Luchais, handed down this tradition of Ksavashuri with all its Kabbalistic um, uh, ramifications, ramifications means, yeah, yeah um, to the leaders of each of the generation, which is why Ezra had it and, and Daniel had it, and why Daniel was able to interpret the writing on the wall. But the Radvaz concludes, we don't pass in like Riv Yaisi either way. But you see that he is arguing on the Ritva, and although she does well that, according to Riv Yaisi, the Tyre was actually written in Ashuri, or the Luchas written in Ashuri, he says maybe the first ones were, but the second ones definitely were not. Now, obviously, technically, you can say that everybody agrees the second Luchas were written in Ksav Ivri, and the Ritvaz isn't really being chaylik on anybody, uh, but they don't talk about it, um, so it's hard to know exactly which way they would go. The Ran, however, I think is the only Shita that you can say explicitly held that Ksavashuri has no relationship or no essential relationship to uh, Lashon HaKadosh and our Sifrei Torah. Because the Ran explains, why did Ezra switch the Ksav to Ksavashuri? He says as follows. He says, when Bnei Israel went to Babel and they lost the Nshvatim, there were very, very few Jews remaining in Israel. Now, since this is Shita's Rebiesi, the Sifrei Torah at the time were written in Ksav Ivri, because that was what the Sifrei Torah was given in. But what they did know was Lashon Arami, Armenian, because their, the, the empire that had just taken them over was Bavl. So since they lost their access to how to read Hebrew, they started speaking the, you know, the language of the land, just like an immigrant, maybe after World War II, after, you know, 70 years, uh, if they're not religious, would forget how to read and write Hebrew, but would know how to read and write English. So Ezra did as follows. He said, I want to teach him Torah. They don't know Hebrew. So why don't I just write a Tyra in the Aramanian language, in Ksav, Ashuri, Lashon Arami, the language they know. It was the first art scroll. But instead of writing in Aramaic and translating it into English, he just wrote it all in the English of their time, the Aramaic and the Ksav Ashuri. So according to the Ran, it's very explicit in Shittish Rebiesi that Ksav Ashuri and Lashon Arami was Assyrian language. Ksav Ashuri was the script the Assyrians used, and that's the only reason why these non-religious assimilated Jews in Eritrell knew it. So according to him, obviously you can't say the Luchais were in Ksav Ashuri because he holds Ksav Ashuri was merely the language of the Assyrians. Now, obviously, again, the Ron does not poskin like Rebiasi. He holds we don't poskin like Rebiasi, um, so there's no real nafkamina for us, but this is how he explains Rebiasi, and not like the Ritva and the Inyak of the Ramal Shakar um, and the Tresorol wanted to explain. Now, you could also say that the Chubas Gainim and Rinchanan, who just poskin like Rebiasi, they don't mention anything about the Luchais, and they don't mention why it's why it's called Ksav Shuri or how they, the Bnei Israel got it, um, but they maybe also uh, would agree with the Ron that the, according to Rabbi Yaisi, really the Luchais and the Sifrit were written in Ksav Ivri originally. And from the fact that they use the Mem Vesamach Shabbat Luchais, Benes as a proof against Rabbi Yaisi, shows that they held that if you held the Luchais were written in Ashuri, that means you don't hold like Rabbi Yaisi, which is pretty much explicitly saying Rabbi Yaisi did not hold the Luchais were written in Ashuri. So you really have this Machlekes Rishayinim, what Rabbi Yaisi held. Did Rabbi Yaisi really hold the Luchais were given in Ivri Ashuri? But according to everybody... We don't poskin like Rebiasi, which means the Luchais were not written in Ivri, they were written in Ashuri, and anything you find of the Jews writing in Ivri is just 
the way they could have been writing their regular stuff. You have coins like that, you have different inscriptions, but the Sifrei Torah were going to be written in Ashuri uh, for all time because that is the way we Paskin. Now, if the question is, uh, the people like to ask is, well, if it was originally written in Ksav Ivri, according to the, you know, according to Rabiasi, then how do we have all our meaning and Kabbalah behind the letters? The basic answer is, well, we don't Paskin like Rabiasi, which means we Paskin factually that Ksav Ashuri was written on Luchais, and that's how their Saidays, sorry, Ksavashuri was how the Sivritar was originally written, and that's how there are Saidays related Ksavashuri. But there's another question a person could ask, which is a more interesting question is, according to Rabiasi, how did he, according to the Rishinim who interpret Rabiasi holding, that Ksavashuri really was an advent of the, an, an advent of the Assyrians, then how are all these Saidays? Right, so where do we have them? According to Rebbeis, we don't Paskin like, but how did Rebbeis even have such an idea? How did he even have such a position that the Torah could have been given in anything but Ashuri with all these Kabbalistic understandings tied into the letters of Ashuri? Now, it's obviously not a problem if you held that he held the Luchais were in Ashuri, but we saw that there are many Rishonim who don't hold that he held the Luchais were in Ashuri. It's also not a problem if you held that Ezra was the one who reintroduced the letters, not through... Not because it was the Assyrian script at the time, but because he introduced a new Ksav based on the Malach's writing on the wall. That's also not a question, because again, if it's coming through a Malach, it makes sense there's a lot of Kabbalistic writings, uh, understandings attached to it. The only real kind of question that could remain is according to the Ran who held that the Jews basically borrowed, or Ezra used this script because it was the common non-Jewish script being in use at the time, this Ksav Ashuri. So where, where does the Kabbalistic understandings tie into that? So that would be really where the question lies. So I think we can answer it as follows. So there's an interesting Medrash in Bereshis Rabbah, which says that it's, it's in Lamed Zion and then uh, Medrash Dalad. It says on the Pasuk, Asher. after the t- Migdal Bavl, it says, from that land, Asher left. And the, the Medrash Darshinj, Mena'etzahi Yatza Asher. Asher, which is Assyrian, the one we're talking about, left that Eitzah. What was the Eitzah? The Eitzah of the Tower of Bavl, which was again a Merida against Kazbarah, who was a rebellion against Hashem. Now we know that all the languages, all the people, all the nations, spoke Lashon Akaidish prior to prior to Migdal Bavl. They may have had other ways they spoke, but they all knew Lashon Akaidish prior to Migdal Bavl, and after Migdal Bavl, they lost their ability to connect to each other to speak the same language. Now, the Yushalmi writes that uh, the Usher didn't have a language. They only had a Ksav. They happened to use the language of Arami, but they themselves did not have their own language. They had a Ksav. There's a Piski Teisvis in Megillah, Chesamad Beis, which says that as a reward for holding back from the Migdal Bavl, they were still included in the Xera of the Bilbul of the Lashinus, that they lost the ability to speak to the rest of the nations. However, they retained Ksavashuri and Lashanakaidish. So they didn't have their own language, but they had their own Ksav. That Ksav was the Ksavashuri. It was given to them because it uh, because they didn't get involved in Tower of Migdal Bavl, and it was the original Lashon HaKadosh, which means even according to the Ran, who holds that Ezra literally just took the language of Asher and applied it to our Sifrei Torah in order to teach Bnei Yisrael, this doesn't mean that it's not the original Lashon HaKadosh. In fact, it works out very nicely. 
Even according to Rabiesi, the reason why you can have meaning from the letters is because these were the original letters of Lashon HaKadosh, the letters which, where we say that Hashem created the world. And in fact, there's a Yushalmi that says, a famous Yushalmi, that says that the reason why the Torah starts at the base is to tell you that the world starting is Sasam, that it's enclosed on three ends and open on one end, to tell you that prior to the beginning of the world, the world was Sasam. You can't inquire about prior to that. Now again, that's only in the Ksava Shuri base. What about the Ran who holds that? That uh, that. What about the Ran who explains Rabbi that there is no Ksavashuri in original? Well, even Rabbi only holds there was no Ksavashuri in the giving of the Torah, but Ksavashuri was always the script of Lashon Hakodesh, and the reason why the Assyrians got it is they got it from Migdal Bavel. Now, as a proof to this idea, Riblevi is the one in Yushalmi who brings down this idea about the letter Bays, uh, based on its shape and its position in the Torah. Yet, Riblevi is the one who holds that the reason Ashuri is called Ksav Ashuri is because it was brought up from Usher, which, as you know, was Rabbi Yaisi's position that the Torah was written in Ivri, and it was only called Ashuri, or Ksav Ashuri, is because it was later brought up from Usher. Yet, he does agree that there's Kabbalistic understandings to the, to the shape of the letters. Now, this works perfectly with what we're saying, that the Assyrians were able to maintain this holy Ksav because they dropped out of the Eitzah of the Daraflaga. So I know this is complicated, so I'm just going to quickly recap what we have so far before moving on to the next step. So the Ritva holds that even Rabbi the first position mentioned in the Gemara, agrees that the Taira and the Luchais were given in Ksavashuri. And the whole Machlaikis about whether the Taira, quote-unquote, was given in Ivri or Ashuri, is what were the Jews using for their personal Taira's at that time. Now he brings four proof position, which implies that according to everybody, the Luchais were written in Ksavashuri. Another proof he has for this is that the it doesn't make sense to him that the Assyrians, the Ashuris, would hold the secret of the Ksav of the Torah. Uh, a third question that he has is a Navi can't be Machadish anything, so how could Ezra have really reintroduced a completely new Ksav? And we have the Gemara regarding Maisha Sin Hashem making crowns, which is a Ksav Ashuri edition, uh, and that was on the original Torah. So based on these four proofs slash questions, he concludes that even Rabbi agrees that the Torah was given in Ashuri. Now, there are a couple of problems with this shot. First of all, the Pashas of the Gemara is that the Torah was given in Ivri. This question is asked by the Yafamara. Uh, additionally, the Ushami, which we quoted, makes clear that the Machlaikas between Rav Yaisi and Rebbe, whether the Torah was given in Ashuri or Ivri, would um, would make a different understanding of whether the Nase was a Mem and Samach, if it was in Ashuri, or if it was in Ivri, it would be an Ayin, which implies that the Machlaikas regarding whether the Torah was given in Ivri or Ashuri, was a machlaikis regarding the Luchais themselves, and thus the miracle regarding the Luchais would have changed. The way the Ritva would answer these questions is that, well, in terms of the Ushalmi question, the Bavli clearly does not bring it down as if it's Tully in any machlaikis. It just says, according to Rav Chiza, uh, the Mem and Samach were hanging in It doesn't say, and if you hold like Rabbi Yaisi, then it would have been an Ayin. So clearly the Bavli is postulating that according to all three shittas, the Mem, uh, sorry, the Luchais were written in Ashuri. So it doesn't really matter that the Ushalmi has a different understanding of the Machlaikis, because we Paskin like the Bavli. And in terms of the Gemara saying the Torah was given in Ivri, while that is a little bit more difficult to understand that it means um, the people were writing their Sifrei Torah in Ivri, clearly he felt that his four questions were stronger than this slight mashmais in the Gemara. Now, as we mentioned, the Maram al-Shakar, the Tefer Sroll, and the Kaisev all go with this understanding, and there doesn't seem to be a modern Hashka, or the modern Hashkafic consensus seems to be that even according to Rabbi Yaisi, we hold the Torah 
or, or sorry, even according to Rabbi Yossi, the Torah was given in Ksavashuri, not Ivri. At least in the Luchai's form. Now, it's important to point out that none of these positions, even though they're explaining that even Rabbi Yossi would agree that the Luchais were given in Ksavashuri, none of them necessarily hold to be Paskin like Rabbi Yossi. Uh, and the Maram al-Shakar actually says this explicitly, that we do not Paskin like Rabbi Yossi, rather we hold that the Sifri Torah that was in use at the time of modern Torah including the Luchas, including the Sifrit that Maish wrote, were all in Ksavashuri. Now, this is all that side. According to the Ga'inim, Rabbeinu Hananel, the Ratvaz, the Ran, the Yafemara, Rabbi actually holds that the Torah was given every, but again, we don't pass like him. So that would be the Machlaikas. According to the Ritva and his friends, Rabbi even Rabbi agrees the Luchas were given in Ksavashuri. According to the Gainim, Rabbeinu Hananel, the Chulu, Rabbi may hold that the Torah is given every, but we don't paskin like him. So how do they answer the problems? I mean, how do they answer the fact that the Gemara seems pretty explicit in the Babli that it just says, Stam, that the Mem Basamach Baluchais Benes Hayaimdin, right? So they would say, well, look at the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi qualifies that. Our Babli may be going like the Shita that we hold the Alacha. But that doesn't mean that everybody would agree with that, and you see that from the Yushalmi. Now, in terms of how the Assyrians would have gained access to this wondrous language of Ksavashuri, you can go a couple different routes. You can say either it was given by a Malach, the Malach that wrote it on the wall, according to them, he wrote Ksavashuri, and therefore Biasi could say, well, that's where they got it from, they got it from the Malach. Or if you go according to the Shittas Ran, where it's impossible to say that, you can hold like the Piskitai, the, the Shittas Ran, the Piskitaisus, that they got it by not being involved in the Migdal Bavel. In terms of the problem that a Navi can't be mechadish anything, you have the, you know, the answers given in Tosfos that either it is mentioned in the Torah because of the Pasuk Mishnah Torah, which tells you you could switch it, or it's not real Chiddush because you're replacing letters, you're not adding letters. Um, and in terms of the crowns that Hashem was tying in that Medrash, it could be for Ezra's Ksav, because again, nobody holds that Ezra's Ksav is not sourced uh, in holiness and Kedusha. Nobody holds that it wasn't the original Ksav of Lash The question just if it was the original Ksav of the Tyra. There's actually another answer given in the Maram al-Shakar where he says, either way, even if you hold it was Ksav Ivri, we don't have Tagen on our Ksav Ivri, we don't have crowns on Ksav Ivri, but there's no reason why you can't hold that the crowns actually were Ksav for Ksav Ivri, even though the modern form, or the way we see Ksav Ivri, or the way we know of Ksav Ivri, it may not have those crowns. That doesn't mean that there were not crowns that were made for them that were just never put into use by the regular people. So now that we've tied up the whole sugya, we have to add in one little wrench, monkey wrench, into the sugya, which is the Sefer Karim. The Sefer Karim is the only Rishon who not only poskins that Rabbi Yossi held that the Luchais themselves were given in Ivory, but also holds that we poskin like Rabbi Yossi. And he says, since we have a couple of Amraim who explain Rabbi Yossi Shita, we have Rav Chizda explaining um, a couple of different words that he used, and we have a, a different Amira who also explains him. Um, so it seems like the Bavli is posting like Rabiasi. Now, there's a big question. If we posting like Rabiasi, and Rabiasi holds the Luchais were given in Ivri, not Ashuri, so why does the Gemara in two different places say that the Mem and Samach were hanging uh, as Benes? when it should have been iron if we pass like Rebezi. And he, he gives a, a few different answers, and, and based on his answers, you can really see how, how difficult this position is. Um, the first answer he gives is maybe the Mem and Samach was according to Rebbe, but we don't pass him like that, which is we kind of gave a similar answer in the other way, but we said it's only according to Rebbe, but we do pass him that way, which is why it's normal for the Gemara in two separate places to go like the position that we hold like. For the Gemara in two different places to be going like the position we don't hold like is is a lot more difficult to say. His next answer is... 
even more strange. He says that maybe the the Gemara, when it said the Mem and Samach, it just meant letters in Ivri that would be similar to the Mem and Samach, which would be circular letters, uh, which would be referring to the Ayin. Now, that's obviously incredibly difficult. And then his third answer is actually that maybe the Luchais were in Ashuri, um, but he doesn't seem to like that answer so much. But that is one of the answers he suggests, and according to that, uh, even the Sefer Karim would hold like the other Shittas. But according to the sim- simple understanding of the Sefer Karim, according to most of the way he understands the Gemara, we paskin like Rabbi Yaisi, that the Torah was given originally in Ksav Ivri, um, and that's the way we paskin. Now, the only person after the Sefer Karim who goes after the his position is Rav Kook, and he says this in his Shas and Chuvas Mishpat Kayin, where he says, although he understands that there are certain Hashkafic problems with saying, like the Sefer Karim, the Sugya in the Gemara is clearly like the Sefer Karim, and he even brings the Yushalmi that we mentioned as a proof to this contention. Now, there is a Meshachachm which certain people want to point to as saying this position also. Meshachachm is very interesting. He, he talks about Blazer ben Azariah, who was a 10th generation fa- from Ezra. Now, he made the base medrash, he opened up the base medrash to, to everybody that originally it was closed to, and this allowed tons more uh, Talmidim to enter and give Chedushim, and this was when Sefer, uh, Masechtas Idias was written. Uh, and he links that to Ezra, who Ezra also made the Torah accessible to many people by writing it in Ksav Ashuri, uh, which he says was the language that was being used at the time, which we mentioned as, uh, I believe it was the Ron who first mentioned this position, that according to Rabbi Yaisi, this is what happened. However, he never says that the original Torah or the Luchais were given in Ivri, and it's quite possible he was just given a shot according to Rubiaisi. So we basically have the Sefer Karim, who seems to be passing in like Rubiaisi and holding the Luchas were given this way, and Rif Cook, who follows after him. Now, again, although the Sefer Karim say we passing like Rubiaisi, uh, and who holds the Torah was actually written in every, everyone disagrees with him. The Rambam, the Ramban, the Gainim, Reinachananel, Ritzvaran, Ritzvaz, they all say that not only do we not passing like Rubiaisi, but half of them say that even Rubiaisi would agree that the Luchas written Savashuri. Now, despite Rif Cook saying that the Sugis clearly like him, uh, just to see some of the words of the other Ahreinim. The Maramal Shaker says these words have no salt or spice or smell or taste at all. The Maral says these words are empty and he needs kapara for them. Then Yaakov says Rahman al-Itzlan from saying sh- such, a, uh, such a thing. So uh, it seems like from the earlier Ahreinim before of Cook, they were all uh, very easily saw that the Sefer Karm was the most Shver Shita in the Sugya. And if Cook says the Sugya is clearly like him, but as the Gainim explained, the Psak isn't like Rebiasi. Uh, the, 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 Sefer Karmi, if you want to say that the Raiv is like Rebiasi, that's also not true. Uh, doesn't seem to be true, at least from all the other Shainim. Uh, Numis Kamaras, again, as we said, imply that the Luchais were in Ashuri, the Mamin Samach Benesayimdim. If you want more examples and more research into how the Sugya, uh, doesn't seem to imply the way that Sefer Karm, uh, ruled, uh, you can look at the, in the Ein Yaakov and the Akaisev on the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Chafalaf and Bez, where he goes through the whole Sugya in depth. And there's also a Pesach in, in, in Megillah and Bez, I'm a, Bays, I believe it is, where he goes through in in incredible detail uh, most of this sugya. So, and I know it might be appealing for the modern mind to say that uh, you know the the Savashuri we borrowed, bothered from, borrowed from the Syrians. Now, it's not appealing because it makes more sense. Uh, it's also not appealing because the sugya makes more sense. Neither of them do, but it is always appealing to cast aspersions uh, onto what the firm community holds. So since the firm community holds that Ksavashuri is our Ksav, and that was the Ksav Lashon Akash was written in, and all the meaning behind that Ksav is there, so there are those who want to uh, assume that what the Sefer Karm said was normative psak or even normative thought, as opposed to being the vast minority opinion without much rationale behind it. 
And again, you will find that most of the writings of the time, the, the standard writings, the writing on coins, the writing on documents, will be in Salivivri. That's just because that was the, the language in vogue at the time. Same way you'll find much of the writing today will be in script, not in Ksav Ashuri. Um, also, as we mentioned, what's really fascinating is that the Phoenician script, right at the time Ezra was in Bava, which would be around 500 to 450 BCE, according to the... Uh conventional chronology, not Chazal's chronology, but we'll just use those for simplicity. You'll see that the script changes from a non-recognizable Ashuri, quote-unquote, to a very recognizable Ashuri, where the letters take the form of Ashuri. Which would fit the idea that we didn't just borrow Ksav Ashuri from the non-Jews. This is something that would originated in Jewish thought, in Tyra, uh, and was the original language of Lashon HaKodesh. That wraps up our sugya on Ksav Ivri versus Ksav Ashuri. I hope it was enlightening. I hope it was interesting. I hope we didn't bore you. I'm Avi Cohen. I'm Ati Cohen. And this is Jewish Thought Flow. Mm-hmm.